I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and today with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to 1985 when two bumbling employees at a medical supply warehouse accidentally release a deadly gas into the air. The vapors cause the dead to rise again in the punk rock zombie classic, Return of the Living Dead. Let's get into it. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers! Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. Monster, the angel of death. 
so before we get started today, um, as you informed me during watching today's movie, R.I.P. Anne Rice. Yeah, Anne Rice just passed away last night from complications due to a massive stroke. I mean, by the time you guys are hearing this, this will have happened a while ago, but... Very, very months, but yeah. Damn. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of her work, personally, but I I do recognize that she impacted the horror genre immensely, Mm. and uh, that's a big loss for a lot of a lot of horror fans. I mean, I I obviously have read Interview. That's the only one I've read right now. I want to read more of her stuff. But I've also read all of her Claiming of Sleeping Beauty saga, which is an erotic novel saga. Yes, I actually... I, I have to find the first book. I let somebody borrow it, and I've never <clears throat> found it again. Um, but I've been a really big fan of those books for years. It's very different. There's no horror in it. It's all erotic. But her writing is very interesting. Um, it has her writing hadn't been really that good, in my opinion, because she went to a very Christian faith and then she came out of it. So like it it wasn't as impactful as the eighties the seventies eighties and nineties writings were, in my opinion. But it is a big tragedy to the horror com- community. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought she had passed away a long time ago. Because she she found she found Christianity. She found faith, and she was like, "I'm not writing anything about Lestat or Louis or any of the vampires anymore. I'm done." She walked away. She came back. I don't know how long ago, but it was recently, like when the last five, ten years. She wrote a new book, or I mean, I have the the fourth uh, in the series of the. taming or claiming of Sleeping Beauty and I read halfway through it and I I didn't I didn't like it and I have a friend who read halfway through it and she didn't like it either so <clears throat> it's just her writing changed her writing style but oh, it's understandable know. I mean I not gonna lie a lot of the time when I think about Anne Rice because of like the nature of her writing mm-hmm. it almost I almost get like the the feeling that she's almost like Lovecraft in a way where it's like she she w- lived in a, a time that was a little bit before uh, our own before yeah. our own so yeah. like a lot of the time I just assume oh she she passed away a while ago no but, no <laughs> she I mean she de- she passed away she was 80 so she was a lot yeah. older and she was hugely popular I think Interview with the Vampire the first book in the Lestat series came out in the 70s and even the writing style shows it it's a very older kind of story i read it in like the late 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 90s early 2000s um they're tough books to get through it's almost like uh, in my opinion it's almost like reading a tolkien book it's good it's tough to get through some parts so but yeah that's uh definitely a a huge blow to the horror community and it kind of puts the ages of our favorite filmmakers story writers actors it puts them in perspective and it makes you realize oh i'm getting older i only have a few years till i'm 40 
how old are, are my heroes? <laughs> like, well, we talk about this all the time, but like, for me personally, it's like I'm we're creeping up. I, we I've already lost Wes Craven. Um, we're creeping very close to the inevitable loss of somebody like John Carpenter. No, 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 no. John Carpenter is a cockroach. He lives off alcohol and cigarettes. That man's not dying. <laughs> He's going to ascend. Him and fucking Keith Richards are going to ascend to a new kind of plane of drugs and alcohol. We know this. Well. But yeah, like, I watched, <laughs> on on my own, I watched um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade the other day. And I was like, ah, oh, Sean Connery. Ah, oh, Harrison Ford. Ah, oh, he's like 70, 80 something. Yeah. And Sean Connery died a few years ago. And it's like, ooh, that is a death. I will cry. I will call out of work. And I will mourn the loss of Harrison Ford. There will be candles. <laughs> I will be wearing black. Just like when John Carpenter dies. We're going to be playing his music constantly oh, in the house, watching God. his movies, and you're going to sit there and be like, he was so young. I'm going to be okay. a sopping mess, even though apparently he's an asshole in real life. You know but... what? Let him be an <laughs> asshole, because he's created some of the best fucking yes. things I've seen. He is one of my favorite directors. He always will be. And just like I'm sure Anne Rice was a lot of people's favorite author. I know a lot of people that love Dan Rice, and this is going to be devastating. Like, she created a world that I believe influenced a lot of the vampire and the gothic and even the macabre lore we have today. Like, she just built off of this beautiful thing. And, I mean, when you think of vampires, who do you think of? Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Robert Pattinson only because i watched something about twilight earlier and that's you know but you think of those two tom cruise and brad pitt you think of louis and lestat like when uh, i think of vampires i go bram stoker and rice uh, i'll that's admit it. that a lot of people i'm sure do think that way you have people like me who you hear vampire you immediately think dracula Nosferatu. and then i go yeah dracula nosferatu Kiefer Sutherland, Lost Boys, um, I've never and I've uh, never seen Lost Boys. I'm gonna get killed. <laughs> and Fright Night. <laughs> but never seen that either. Oh, uh, we will get to them. <laughs> but my first introduction, '94. I'm nine years old. Interview with the Vampire. Like it's one of those. You know that TikTok trend? I'm talking to you guys. You know that TikTok trend where people are watching a movie and it's like Taylor Swift's like. You've seen me in hindsight, dancing with you all night. I don't know the name of the song. I'm not a huge Taylor Swift. Like, burning it down. It's like the TikTok where the girls are like, or boys are like, oh my God, this movie made me come of age. Like, I realized my sexuality. Like, watching Tom, not Tom Cruise, watching Brad Pitt become a vampire in that scene, I went, oh boy. <laughs> Much like David Bowie in The Labyrinth, I went, Oh boy, I was nine years old. Like, you're sitting there going, Mom, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can all hope that Anne Rice lived a good life, mm -hmm. uh, that she's now currently somewhere better, we yes. hope. God knows what's beyond this mortal plane. 
But who knows? Maybe the uh, one day the great acid rains will come and she will return. That was my segue into what we're talking about today. First off, we should introduce our coffee. What are we drinking today, Leah? It is the bullshit maple uh, stuff that we've been drinking for a little while. That no amount of sugar, no (laughs) amount of additives save this. Right now I have three pumps of pumpkin spice in this. And it literally tastes like cigarettes to me. Yeah, I mean, this is about as bland as coffee can get. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the company's Barissimo. Yeah, it's the Aldi um, brand. Yeah, we get it from. We got this from Aldi. You we need just cheap, figured we'd quick try coffee, something. Go to Aldi. It's cheap. It's quick. It'll it'll do its job. We have been getting into more and more like fancier coffees. I have two fancy coffees on the way. You just got. A big old bag of amazing coffee oh, the other day. Yes. So I can't wait till we try this. Um, we are only allowed to drink that out of the tiny espresso cups that we got because I feel like that shit will kill us. Just saying. I mean, we can only hope. I mean, <laughs> I don't have a death wish, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today we're taking a look at the 1985 punk rock horror comedy zombie classic classic Return of the Living Dead. Not to be confused with the infamous Romero films, this actually stands apart, though it has a pretty strong connection. So this movie was written and directed by Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon was the most famously the writer of Alien. Okay. Um, he went on to do many other projects. This is his probably second most well-known What's outing. His first well, most well-known Alien. Alien. Okay. Um. So this movie initially came from Night of Living Dead, of course. Um, one of the co-writers of Night of the Living Dead, I think it was the like it was Romero and this guy. I think it it was. I want to say John Russo, but I might be completely fucking off book here. Um, but essentially, he this co-writer he him and Romero had a dispute after Night of the Living Dead because they didn't have the rights to their own film. They fucked up on the copyright, and it went into public domain. But they still had the rights to the concept and the titling. Um, But they couldn't come to agreements, so essentially uh, they split it down the middle. Romero was allowed to continue making his zombie films with the same premise, and the co-writer got the rights to the name living dead um so he essentially took that and ran with it it was co-opted by Dan O'Bannon and turned into what we watched uh Return to the Living Dead uh it stars Clue Gallagher who a lot of people will know from a thousand other fucking movies was he the old guy the older guy the guy that played 
Bert? Uh, he was the one who who owned the warehouse. Bert, okay. Uh, so, Clue Gallagher, most famously in the horror, uh, the horror field, is known from playing the father in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Okay. This movie also stars James Karen and Don Kalfa, I believe is how you say his last name. Um, who? <clears throat> pardon me, I'm stumbling on my pages of research here. <laughs> but uh, uh, so James Karen plays Frank and. Uh, Don Calfo plays Ernie. We also have Tom Matthews playing Freddy. Um, our two titular, two of our titular characters here are Frank and Freddy. They're the the bumbling warehouse. Bum, yeah, bumbling warehouse. What Ooh. would you call them? Like they're they're not clerks. They're like I don't know. Lackeys. They work in the warehouse. Yeah. The the, the medical supply warehouse called Unita. Unita Medical Supply. What? This movie is front first and foremost a comedy. It everything is played for comedic effect. Even the horror elements. Fuck you talking about. Did you see it differently? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Continue with your facts so I can bash this piece of shit. <laughs> Oh God. Um. So this is a this is an absolute classic in the horror genre. Um, almost every horror fan has seen this. Almost every horror fan loves this. Um, this is a this is this is the movie that coined the stereotype of zombies eating brains. They zombies never eat brains in any other movie, not like specifically. Um, this okay. is where it came from. All right. This, I might be wrong, but this is also kind of where running zombies came from. They never really like. The, there might have been the twenty-eight ones, days later bullshit kind of zombies. The yeah, <laughs> like there might have been ones before this, but they were always bumbly and just like. Mm, yeah. Like, in this movie is where it's like... They were like, full-on fucking marathon sprinting at one point. Yes. What did you think? So. Oh, boy. Let's just break this down. <laughs> the whole scene, the whole beginning, where you're introduced to Freddy starting his new job with Unita Medical Supplies was just typical of a dude learning his first day. He's talking about the um, skeletons that they have. They got a ship. Talking about the half-dogs... Everything he points out, I've noticed, becomes a zombie later. Everything. Like, he points out all the things that will eventually, you know, become something, you know. Animated? Yes. <laughs> um, so it was just a typical kind of like, and I thought Frank would be like the voice of reason in this. They're going through the motions, da 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 and then they get to the office where, you know, Freddy's like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? This is where all fucking common sense goes out the window. Because let me tell you, Freddy could have solved all of this instantly. 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 
Note six. Note number six for me is, Freddy says, why don't we call the phone number on the side of the tank? <laughs> for once, one of the bumbling idiots says the right thing within the first 20 minutes of the movie. The minute he said that, and I went, oh, this is all just, oh, look, common sense. There it goes. Oh, it left us. This was, people probably adore this movie. Think it's the greatest thing. I mean, this is like kind of where punk horror was born. Punk horror. Let's see. The fashion in this movie. Were they all right? Like all of these kids? One of them looked like something that stepped out of Teen Witch. (laughs) One of them looked like she hated everything about her entire family, not just her parents. The other girl looked like she likes Flock of Seagulls, but got dipped in a vat of manic panic hair dye. One of them looked like he was straight out of 16 candles with a suit on. And then the other guy with the chains and everything is like, oh, I'm so brooding. My life's so messed up. Like, what? And then you got Freddy, who's their friend, who is the jock. None of these people would have hung out. None of these people. None of them made sense. I don't think it Freddy... It was like an entire, like, four different cliques hanging out. I don't think Freddy was a jock. But look at him. The rest of them were like, except for the black kid. He was jacked up, too. But yeah. But he was, like, more... Um. Oh, God. What's the name of that mo- that that song? I can see it. She's a very kinky girl. He looked like him. Super Freak. The oh, guy who sings Super Freak. Yeah. That's what he looked like to me. So I'm like, these are all different walks of life being friends. I'm like, see, what? I didn't see it that way. Like, you you have to look at Freddy, who, by the way, Freddy is uh, actually played by the same. Uh, oh, you haven't seen Friday 6 yet. No, I think we stopped at 4. Yes, all right, so he's more well-known, I think, after this this movie. He ends up playing um, a character in Friday the 13th Part 6. I can see where he'd break out from this, because he started as kind of like a bumbling idiot, and then once became um, a zombie, he was terrifying. Like, just him going, Tina. I was like, oh my god. (laughs) I would have shat my pants. But... What I was going to say was that he, you have to look at him as like, yeah, he slightly looks like he would be outside of that group, but he's at work. Like, so he's obviously dressed a little bit less punky than he probably would normally be. He had no sleeves, suspenders, and his shirt said, Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yeah, but he's at, he's at work. Yeah, like, so the other dude's wearing like just wearing a, a button up and khakis. But he's just a warehouse guy. Like, he's not going to dress like he would if he was hanging out with his friends, but he's also not going to dress nice. He probably just threw on bullshit. Look, you may be right, and you may be absolutely correct, because I work in a warehouse, and this is how all of us dress when we work there. But I believe you're wrong, and I'm fighting you on this. They're all weirdos from different sides of the track, and they're all hanging out. It just doesn't seem right. It, I mean, come on. The only one I think doesn't fit into is the Tina. group is Tina. But she's like, don't worry, guys. We're going to have fun. And all the other ones are like, fuck you. And she's like, okay. <laughs> what? 
I don't know. Tina's definitely the one standout. The guy in the suit, I can forgive just because he's a nerd and needs friends. The other chick, I'm like, where are you going? Also, trash. I'm going to stop you. We're going to get to her. I'm going to stop you there because. Holy shit. I actually want to kind of. I want to go through this a little bit. Okay. Um, so we start off this movie um, and we're introduced to our two of our protagonists. We have Frank and Fred. Freddie. Yeah. Um, they're two guys. Uh, this is Freddie's first day working at the you Unida a- Medical Supply Warehouse. Um, you need a life. Frank is showing him around. He's kind of just giving him the lay of the land. And then he gives us our exposition dump. Our introduction into the horror, The military had these corpses, some kind of chemical. All I heard was Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. Yeah. Chemical hopping, jumping corpses, chemical spill, tanks, and they fucked up and shipped them to the wrong place. And they've been sitting in the warehouse, the bo- the basement of this warehouse at Unita Medical Supplies for 14 years. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. But it's fine. Uh, so we're introduced to them. They, uh, Frank introduces us to the, uh, what was it called? The, um, hang on. I have it in my notes here. The... 245 trioxin chemical. 245 trioxin chemical. Okay. Uh, they go down, check out the barrels. He shows them the cor- the gooey corpse inside. And, and he says, are these, Freddy goes, are these sturdy? They're built by the government. They're sturdy. Which it, of course is it blows a, up or an, explodes. Which of course is a nice dig at, you know, the government. <laughs> um... Not gonna say a word. But that kicks us into our opening credit sequence. With cheesy synthwave music that's still kind of like... Dude, yeah. the music in this movie is just this beautiful clash of synthwave and punk, and it's fucking awesome. Also, the corpse are in the barrel. Did that look like Jeff Dunham's puppet? The one that goes... I kill you. Oh. I forget I, his name. Yeah, I can't even think of his name but right now. But he kind of looks like him. I was like, hi, it's the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the opening credits, we're introduced to the rest of our protagonists, the the punks. Um, and The cemetery gang. This gang consists of characters named Suicide, Spider, Scuzz, Trash, and Tina. And Freddy. And Freddy, technically. So it kind of is like the Scooby-Doo gang got in with the wrong crowd. <laughs> I don't know. I personally love these characters. I think they're hilarious and ridiculous. They didn't have enough of suicide for me to like him. Tina. What, Tina? Trash. I'm her, sorry. Her name is Trash. Her name's Trash. <laughs> Come on. Um, so we're introduced to them and... They're walking down the road. They're like, oh, we're waiting for Freddy. We want a party. Like, that's all they wanted to do. They just wanted a party. Let's want a party. Let's party. But they have to wait for Freddy to get out at 10. So they end up, you know, getting Suicide's car and waiting for Freddy. 
before that, we are introduced to the general, colonel of the military. No, like, yeah, identification or name or anything. Name. You learn it later on, but... But one thing I took away from the scene where he comes home and he calls the people and he goes to dinner... Why is his wife dressed up like she's in a 1950s fancy nighty to have dinner? Did families really dress up, light candles, and do that back then? I want to say no. I think at that time, like, maybe because they were older characters. Yeah, it looks like they were, like, 60s, 70s kind of old world. But, like, I'm sorry. She's lighting those candles, and I'm like, one wrong move and that whole thing's going woof. She's going up in flames. Like they're gonna have a different tragedy. Also, um, the computer he uses oh is God. the size of that hutch or cabinet or whatever it was. I'm just like, oh man, computers are great. Cut to these little things in our hands, you know? <laughs> Randomly to jump back quick when they're uh when Frank is showing um Freddie the canisters. I I can't help but notice it every time because it's so damn stupid. Mm. But like he sprays the top of it and then wipes it with the entire fucking the paper entire towel roll. roll of paper towels. <laughs> you couldn't be bothered to pull a oh, single God. or two <laughs> little sheets off the. You gotta go. Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> Why? What are you that crazy? It's so stupid. I love it. Oh my God. <laughs> but where were we? Uh, so after we're introduced to the the cemetery gang and we have the scene with the colonel and his wife, we cut back to, so when they banged on the, the drum, this green liquid came, or green gas came out, flooded the whole warehouse. Didn't escape the warehouse, but flooded the whole warehouse and knocked Freddie and Frank out. And obviously they get up and they don't look good. They're sweating profusely. But everybody during the day scenes of this scene, they were all covered in just a layer of just sweat. I could only imagine how hot it was in 1985 to do this. Because they had to do most of the shooting at night so it wouldn't be that hot. And they're wearing pants and the guys are wearing coats. Like, did you notice that? Yeah. Everybody's wearing pants and coats and they are just drenched in fucking sweat. I'm like, how hot was it in this fucking warehouse? How hot was it in the obvious warehouse or whatever studio space that they were recording the gang in once they get into the military? They weren't outside. That was a studio they built on. Oh, yeah. From what it looks like. They were they were covered. I was like, God damn, these poor kids. Um. But they're trying to contain everything. They get upstairs and they hear... And they look on the ground. There's half a dog panting at them. Half of a puppy. It's not going after their brains because it's nailed to a fucking two by four. But it's just like <laughs> half of it. That was uh, that was disturbing. <laughs> that moment is actually like where I started to really like take note of the the detail that this movie goes into with the um. Like, so as soon as the toxin is released and they start to see that things are, like, coming back to life, the butterflies, the butterflies that are pinned are to the board, wings. that's, like, it, and they don't really draw too much attention to it. It's just in the it's foreground right of the shot. It's just in the side of the shot. And I'm like, the motherfucking butterflies are, fla- are just gently doing this. 
Which this makes me really think, cool. like, if they got too close to those butterflies, would they, like, try to suck their brains out? Or if they got too close to the dog, would the dog try to, like, half-eat it? That's like, a good question. Like, they didn't show any of that. Like, none of the... Honestly, like, there was a bag that said worms in the back. Were the worms trying to get through the box Probably. in the back to eat everything? See, the thing is, though, I don't... And I'm gonna go overthink the shit out of this mm. right now, but... I almost wonder if, like, say the dog had gotten off the board, or the butterflies had gotten off the board. Yep. Since they are uh, they are creatures of lower intelligence, I don't know if they would have been able to think, oh, brains will solve this. True, but... I don't know. I don't know how far this goes. But I would argue with that saying that the corpses had mental capacity to speak, to understand, oh, to yeah. completely like, hey, we need more backup. That, we that's need an another... ambulance. I need brains. Like, what makes you think that the dog wouldn't be like, oh, eat that thing over there? Well, that's another huge thing about this movie is that the zombies are smart. They retain their mental faculties. Like, Freddy was still mentally good. And Frank... Oh my god, Frank! We'll get to that. Oh, fuck. Woo! So, we get to the point where they're waking up, they're doing all this. We cut back to the gang. Oh, we're waiting until Freddy. It's 7.30 at night. We're waiting for Freddy. So they break into a cemetery that has the word spray-painted on the front, no future. Foreshadowing. Wicked foreshadowing. (laughs) I was trying to catch other words. The car had, like, very punk words on it. That cemetery was like, no hope, no future, run. Like... It's very obvious. Like, what are you doing? Even the pretty girl, Tina. Don't go in there. Go <laughs> home. Well, I did like that they um, they kind of stuck to that grungy, dirty, punk aesthetic throughout the whole thing. Like, So it wasn't just our characters who were punk. Like, mm. So it, it blended into their vehicle. It had, like, his suicide's name was uh, spray-painted on the front and yeah. all these, like, fuck you and everything all over Don't tell it. me what to do, like shit like yeah. that. Yeah. And then it bleeds into the environment. So like it's a cemetery that a really old cemetery that's run down. So like people have been fucking like punk kids have been fucking spray painting all over it, over yeah. the fucking gates and shit. Um the warehouses are in disrepair. Everything looks like it's set in like fucking Detroit, like even though it's what Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. Like, Never been there. Jesus. I don't know what Louisville looked like in the eighties. What it looks like now. I have no idea. Uh, all I know is bourbon whiskey, whatever, and baseballs, baseball bats. That's yes. all I know about Kentucky. Um, but and then now we've gotten to the point where it's a scene where trash. And I don't know the name of the other kid. Are sitting there and she says... Spider. Spider. Have you ever fantasized about death? I love that speech, by the way. That spiel. Like, just because it it tells you so much about a character that really is one note other than that moment. Yes. Like, it, it, it also, like, translates now to... I'm so brooding. Like, something like that, or, yeah. you know... I have, I have so, so many, many problems. problems. Yes, that. <laughs> but it just goes to this point where they're all partying, having fun, just hanging out. She starts this whole speech, which you're like, oh, wow. 
And then she fucking strips and does a full-on pussy-out dance on top of a casket or a cement, like, burial thing. Yeah. What happened to this movie? And I love that, how during that moment, like, she starts taking off her clothes and just one of the guys is immediately like, Guys, get over here. Trash is getting naked again. <laughs> like, it's an occurrence. And she keeps on the leg warmers. Of course. The only thing she keeps on is the leg warmers. And I'm like, this girl is full of tits. And by the way, this girl has a beautiful body. Yes. So props so, to her. Just flaunt it, man. Um, And it's worth noting, uh, Trash is played by the absolutely infamous Linnea Quigley. You've talked about her before Lin- to me. Yes. Linnea Quigley is huge name in horror because of her nudity she will she has done so many movies where she just she is so goddamn comfortable being naked that she just will do anything maybe not these days she's much much older now well you're considering this was 36 years ago and she was probably in her 20s so she's got to be like 50 60 years old but I googled her picture now. She still looks still good. Still looks good. She looks real good. So she wants to go pussy out, and man. Do it. You know what? She's still doing stuff. Good for her. Linnea Quigley is... I'm not going to lie. She's she's probably the fantasy of many young boys from that time. I was going to ask, is, it, is, is she or is yours still um, Heather Langenkamp? So, yeah, uh, Linnea Quigley was never on my radar, honestly. Like, I had seen her and everything. Even but... naked like that? No. I. You were just like, oh, look, boobs. Okay. Yeah, but um, no, for me, it's, uh, it's always been Heather Langenkamp and Barbara Crampton. Always. And forever. I like, I like Heather <laughs> Langenkamp. She's cute. She aged very well, too. Yes. She looks good. Man, I hope if they ever do something else. I know she kind of wrote her character out. She doesn't want to do it. But I'd love to see her just as a blip or a background girl in a movie. You know what she does now? What she do? She actually uh, married one of the biggest special effects artists in the industry. And she now works with him doing special effects. Damn, good for her. Yeah, she's made a fucking great career doing that. I think she was in the In Search of Darkness documentary. I believe so, yes. Yeah, we've only watched the first one. We own the second. And, and we the have third one's the on third. the way. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm dying to watch it, but it is a four and a half to five hour commitment. Maybe we'll do something with that. That would be awesome if we could do that and talk about, like, and see how many movies in there we can cover. Let us know. Uh, Send us a, leave us a comment. Do send us a message. Like if you want to see us do something with the In Search of Darkness trilogy, let us know. We'll try and work something out. Yeah, I mean, those are good ones. Um, we were talking about that how the punk aesthetic is throughout this whole movie. Mm-hmm. There was actually apparently an element that was cut out. Um, so on the back of Freddie's jacket in the uh theatrical version Mm. Uh, originally it said fuck you in huge letters Um, but I guess they realized that uh, that they had to cut that out because if this movie ever got shown on television which it has been shown on television so many times how it would be missing a huge scene they blur shit out and everything it's Jesus (laughs) but 
I thought that was cool, and I, I wish that it had still been in it. So the next note I have is, oh, Frank, shut the fuck up. This man, ever since he had they he woke up and they've been trying to figure out, now they found the cadaver, they called Bert, Bert's there trying to figure out what to do next. Frank just cries and whines for the entire rest of the film. Yes, and I think there is reason for a lot of the acting choices in this movie. It's reflectant of how people would react in a real scenario like this, I believe. Yeah, like I personally, I feel like, yes, the performances from everyone are dialed up to like 15. Yeah. But, and I think that's for comedic value because everything gets a little wackier when you overact like that. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's in a scenario as ridiculous as this, you would be fucking screaming and losing your shit the entire time. He was just... He sounded like a dog that was, like, crying for... He sounded like a husky. Plus, there's another element that I do want to talk more about, but I think I'm going to hold off towards the end. Yeah, it's about him, too, isn't it? Yes, it has something to do with him. Yeah. My other note here is, old white guys ruining everything. Every decision they made from the point of... They so the cadaver comes after them. They open the door for the cadaver. The cadaver comes after them, and they think, "Oh, we've seen this movie called Night of the Living Dead." There's the little like blip for the original that this is kind of inspired by. Um, like let's let's kill the brain. If you kill the brain, it'll stop. They put a fucking like fire pick through its head, and it just keeps moving. So it's like, oh god, what are we gonna do now? So then they just hack the fucking thing to death and try to figure out what to do next. But all the decisions that the two of them are making, like, these two white dudes just keep fucking shit up. And Freddy's like, why don't we call the police? Why don't we call the number on the side of the tin? Why don't we not do that? Like, what? every time Freddy comes up with a, listen to the kid, he's making logical sense. They're like, no, we can figure this out on our own. It's like... I know it's supposed to be a comedy, and I know it's supposed to be a horror movie, but Freddy's the only one that makes sense the whole time. It 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 harkens back to like in the eighties, like you're just a kid. Listen to your elders. You don't mean anything. You don't matter. And I think that is a choice in this movie. Like, yeah. oh, the kids are punks and they're rebels and they don't know what they're talking about, but the older white dudes do, and all three of them fuck up the whole time. Well, I think that's definitely on purpose. Like this is. You gotta remember, this is 1985. Mm. This is mid-80s. Things are starting to change. That mentality's starting to go away. And, like, which is kind of what half the punk movement was about, is, like, rebelling against that idea. But, like, um, I definitely think that's on purpose, that they make every decision that the older characters make is a mistake. Yeah. While, like, the punk kids are like technically they're not really making any decisions but they're they're making sense they are making sense when they talk they're everything makes logical sense for the most part because of the way they look they're not taken seriously exactly i feel like that my whole life (laughs) (laughs) um next thing i have was um rabid weasels (laughs) Rabbit weasels. So they they take they cut up the cadaver and they take it to Bert's friend across the street who is 
a mort uh, is a mortician, and they have Ernie. Ernie, I'm sorry, Ernie is a mortician, and he's thinking, oh, let's just burn the cadaver. <sighs> what happens when you burn things, kids? Gases. How did this happen in the first place? Gases. What do you think's gonna happen? Gases. Yes. Yeah, so. Movie was infuriating. <laughs> Just saying, for a logical person like me, I was like, "Why?" Suspend logic with this. No, they. I refuse. They burn the corpse, uh, and essentially it goes up into the air, uh, and creating, kind of creating. Okay, so it creates like um, a greenhouse gas effect rain. So yeah. where the environment gets better. Like, it, that actually was a very smart, logical choice. Yes. Because that happens. If you have a gas that goes up there to kind of, like, expel it or protect itself, it'll rain. But unfortunately, gases that turn into rain have to go somewhere. And that means that that chemical goes right back into the soil of the cemetery. And reanimates the dead. Hundreds of corpses. <laughs> Hundreds corpses that shouldn't even be walking around it's like awesome. the nubbin dude dude so funny the little like i've only got thighs that stop here this movie so was funny. extremely creative with the zombies like the first one we see is a skeleton that like literally rises up out of the ground and it's just like <laughs> like oh my god which by the way a lot of people harp on that moment. I think it looks awesome, but you can see like the mechanism that I couldn't see the, anything. Moves the jaw. A lot they of people show bust that on scene it. Twice they reuse that scene at the end. Yeah. I saw a first time visual. I don't see anything because the other things were so impactful that you're thinking, oh god, here it comes. And I I can see where they were coming. Like there's rain and there's a lot of mud, so they were hoping that. All of that sludge and stuff would cover yeah. that look. Same thing with the the zombie that came out of the tank. All that black sludge and everything, you're hoping that it's going to hide that. But you can definitely be like, those eyeballs are way too white. So when he goes, braids, like, it pops them open. And I'm like, those are, those are painted eyeballs. That's a mechanical head. Like, you can tell. Like, yeah. those are... But some of the things, like, I didn't see a problem with that scene where they're coming out of the ground and you, I didn't see any mechanisms. It was pretty well done, in my opinion. Maybe after several viewings, you yeah. notice it. But first time viewer, I had no problem with the way they did some of no. that stuff. None. I mean, I'm also a sucker for, like, any time a moving, like, living skeleton is on screen. Mm. So, like, I can look past any of the flaws yeah. in it. Like, I love how that looks. How else are you going to get a skeleton, a skeleton, like <laughs> Joe, to move? You've got to put mechanics in him. Yeah. Like, Joe's still pretty stiff, so getting him to move, like, you hear pop, and he pops a little still. But other than that, like, there's no other way to get that thing to move unless you put wires uh, mechanics like even having somebody in like black clothes like a stage perform move him around like yeah you i can forgive stuff like that that's exactly. hard to do even on a big budget movie without cg graphics and actually some of the like there's a lot of uh 
a lot of dedication went into this for the, on the zombies part. Yes. A lot of them are covered in sludge and mud, and they're out in the rain for the whole movie. Some of them, some of the extras were actually even paid more. Uh, they were given a bonus to eat real calf brains Ooh. in the movie. Like, I'm thinking, like, the shot where it's looking out the ambulance and you see the guy, like, sucking just... on the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Um, apparently, Dan O'Ben didn't want the actors to do anything like that, like, eating raw meat like that without, like, it being worth their while. And but that would make that would make an extra go. Wait, you're saying I can make an, an extra thousand bucks if I just nibble on a calf brain for a little bit? He also didn't want to ask them to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. I like that. I respect you. I, I like that, Dan O'Bannon. <clears throat> Holy shit! <laughs> I mean, an actor, a bigger named actor, they're gonna ask you for more if you want them to do nudity or something like that. But an extra. Having being like, oh, you're an extra. You're just being paid 200 followers for the day. Fuck off. Being like, hey, we'll give you extra if you do this. We'll give you extra to do that. Also, I've tested this myself. I've tried this myself in the rain with the makeup and everything. You're good. It's going to be a little... That's great. That That's... You know, these. If this is, I assume, a smaller budget movie. <clears throat> since it's like a, a cult classic. Um, It's really good that the filmmakers and the production people like we're like no uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this ourselves we're not gonna do anything that we wouldn't do like we're not gonna ask you to be in a pit of calf brains sliming around in sludge unless i do it first yeah that's pretty good i like that i like that he went out of his way like they hired a i think it was a triple amputee for that for the, Once, for the nubbin one that I just talked that about. That was awesome. Oh my god. Because like he get he gets up and you just see him like, like, I'm like running at him. I'm like holy shit. That was, I mean I giggled a little but I'm like the commitment that took. That was cool. <sighs> and it sells that moment it like, does. really well. Trash. What about trash? Why the fuck didn't somebody give her a coat? Or something. <laughs> She's running around naked. And, and, when they all get caught in the rain and they're running around, she lives out her worst death fantasy. She's literally eaten by a bunch of white dudes. in Old, old white dudes white in dudes. suits. That I thought was really cool because she foreshadowed her own death. Like, and then for the rest of the movie, you got a naked fucking corpse running around eating brains. Oh, yeah. That homeless man was like, oh, titties. Oh, something's wrong with those titties. Oh, she's eating my brains. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's an impactful statement. And I feel like they did something in the remake of Dawn of the Dead like that. Which part? It's been a long time. I saw Dawn of the Dead in 2003 when the remake When it was. came out, yeah. I feel like was the was the girlfriend that was giving birth... Was she naked at one point? No. no. But they did give birth to a corpse baby. Oh. I don't think anybody in that movie is, is no, naked. No, there was a horror movie I watched once where there was a na- there was a buck-ass naked zombie. Uh, I mean, I think a bunch of zombie movies well, have done course, that. Of course, but I feel like this may have been the first. It might have. Uh, because I'd that have was to... definitely impactful seeing this naked fucking girl. Also, half torso lady with uh, on the slab. 
Ooh. Yeah. That was... That's actually... I. That's one of the best effects in the movie, I think. Like... Just the spine, just... Oh, well, God, that, that was creepy. That's another example of, like, the detail in the movie is, like... So, you have that... They tie that half-corpse to the, the medical slab, and, like... Its spine is like whipping back and forth, and the hands and like, are still trying to. The go hands after. are grasping, but she's answering questions, like she's yeah. still fret. Like, oh, we need brains. Well, why? Because it's the only thing that takes the pain away. Like, I'm sorry, what? Did you notice that the uh, when the spine was moving around, there's like the liquid is coming. The out spinal of it? fluid is coming that's, out. That's awesome. That is an attention to <laughs> detail. <laughs> Oh, God, good effects, but man, oh, man, I wanted to vomit at some points. The uh, the special effects in this movie, so uh, it's worth noting, special effects are done by Alan Apone, um, who I isn't, like, a known name mm. to my knowledge. Like, I've never really heard anything from him before. Um, but they're incredible. Like, the uh, first time they go, go into the mortuary... And uh, where you meet um, Ernie, mm. the corpse he's working on has like this huge bruising on the side. Attention it's, it's to super detail. real. Yeah, super real. But um, he explains right there and then. Oh, rigor mortis took over. I have to use this to kind of loosen the body up. Yeah, and it's later makes relevant sense when you get back to Frank and Freddie and more towards the end, like. This movie was well thought out, well written. I'm still on the fence about this one. Oh, I mean, I think even like when it comes to Frank and Freddy, like as you were saying, like they they do that progression really well. I realized that they're two different. They are they so they're stages of grief, but they're doing grief differently. How do you mean? So. In the beginning, they were angry about the chemical. They ingested the chemical. They breathed it in. They were angry. Then Frank started doing the remorse. Like, he's remorseful. They started feeling sick. Freddie went through that. Then there was, like, anger. Freddie accepted it at one point. Frank really accepted it. Like, there were stages of grief. Like, different ways to do it. But they went through the stages of grief. And I'm like, wow. Wow, okay. wow, they at one point they realized they were gonna die. They ingested this. Look at what's happening to everybody else. Like, they're fucked. They're yeah. absolutely fucked. So I don't know. I mean, so I'm actually gonna get into something that I really want to talk about with this movie. Mm. And that's the like I love the Alright. I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this, but, like, this movie is very dark. Yeah, oh, God, It yes. deals with some very horrific things. It's heavy material. And, and it's a horror comedy. Like, uh, so essentially, like, I personally love the way that this film progresses deeper and deeper into hopelessness. Yep. So... Um, they release the toxin. It infects everything in the warehouse. The zombies can't be killed by any means, no matter what they try. Um, 
They chop him up into pieces, still alive. They burn everything. It gets into the atmosphere. Causes fucking acid rain. Because they say that it's burning their skin. Yeah, it's Um, it's skin irritant, yeah. They... And it makes the dead rise from their fucking graves. There's literally no fucking escape from this once it's started. Yeah. Um... And personally, I feel like this movie has the most horrific depiction of zombies that I've ever seen. The idea that they can't be killed, yet they are in continuous agony as they feel themselves rotting away. Yeah. Um, That is one of the worst fates that I could ever imagine. Because you still know. You're still you're still you. Yeah. You have this unrelenting hunger that won't go away. I wouldn't even think it's hunger. Like it's just you're in so much pain, and the only thing that alleviates it is eating someone else's brain, even eating a living brain. Yep. Like, and they push it so far that this one concept so far that they even have Frank fucking cremate himself to get rid of the pain so he doesn't have to kill someone else. He gets on his knees and prays, takes his wedding ring off and puts it on the mechanism. Yeah. Gets in, shuts it himself, and you hear him screaming as he burns. You have Tina, who knows that that Freddy's gonna die, knows that something bad is going to happen, but she stays by his side until the moment where he tries to attack her. Yeah. And then as Ernie's trying to get her more and more to safety, and they're hiding in the attic, hiding. And he's holding Tina as Freddy's calling her name. I can smell you. I can feel you. I can hear your brain. I'm coming for you. This girl has gone from lighthearted, cute little miss next door to fucking terrified for the rest of her life because there's no escape from this. Freddy is going to come after her for the rest of her living life. I absolutely love the idea. I love that moment when they barricade themselves in the the attic. They look hopeless. They look hopeless. There's no escape from this. He's literally at the door trying to get in and like I, I don't know if you really caught it but like it's like he's uh, Ernie's holding, holding her, her, and he's just and he's slowly bringing, bringing the, gun the gun to, to her his, head. Yes, to like, nope, sweetie, I'm gonna make sure like, this is over. I'm like, I'm gonna make sure he doesn't get you. It is so dark, <laughs> and I fucking love it. It was terrifying. I've seen zombie films. Zombie films were terrifying, from Resident Evil to Day of the Dead to Twenty Eight Days Later. I thought zombie movies are... It's the one thing where... And I've told you. I've told all our friends. I'm a chubby girl with a chronic illness. And my joints don't work. There are zombies. Put one in my head. I'm not surviving this, guys. I love you. Namaste. (laughs) R.I.P. me. Kill me. It's not worth it to drag my ass around. They are... Zombies are terrifying. There's no end. And this movie is the worst scenario. Yeah. Because how does this movie end? The military gets a call from Bert. The military says, we'll, we'll take care of it. Don't worry. They bomb this area of Kentucky. And what happens? The fires break out. 
goes right back right into back the atmosphere. into the atmosphere in the entirety of Louisville, Kentucky. This whole bigger area, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and get worse and worse. There is no stopping this. With this movie, sure, they left it open-ended for a sequel, and I know there are sequels to this. There are... Hang on. Oh, God. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At least five of these. How? How can there be more of these when you know how this ends? World's gone. Fun fact. I have only ever seen one of the other sequels. Are they in our wheelhouse? Yeah, almost all of them. That's terrifying. Wait, there's a more recent one as of the 2000s? Um, I think the last two. Mm. the last I know the last two movies, I think it was four and five, came out at the exact same time on the same day released on Sci-Fi Channel. Ooh. And I've heard they're terrible. But Everything that Sci-Fi Channel touched one, was terrible. One through three, I think, are fairly decent. I, and I've never seen part two. I've seen part three when I was very young, and I don't really remember much. I remember visual things, mm. but I very much want to watch those again at some point. I mean, I've heard of this movie. I've seen the alternative cover art to this, the other one. The actual cover art, because yeah. I have one. a piece of shit Walmart release, unfortunately. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, it has the... The goopy dude, and then it's got trash on it. It's yes. not too bad. It's not a. Oh, that's that's depressing. It's not a flip cover, man. No, we have a lot of sucks. those. But the original art is cool. It looks like it's suicide and trash next to a grave. That's what it looks like to me. Well, it's it's all draw, hand drawn art. Yeah, but it's cool. I yeah. think this is really cool. But I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> there goes my brain. <laughs> But, and like, we've lost Leah. Uh, and I'm gone. But <laughs> I... This movie, the scenario is terrifying. Because, like, you can't escape. You can't escape weather. You can't escape rain. That's it. Once It's in the groundwater now. Like, that's not just affecting that little area. Fucking military. That's <laughs> everywhere now. That's in the water table. People are drinking that. It's going through purifying systems. 
That whole, it, you're, Amer I'm sorry, America, done. Quarantine America, let the zombies take over. It would be better at sometimes. just saying. But like, this movie, oh my god. <gasps> um, so something really interesting that I just learned here. Mm -hmm. Um, this movie almost never made it to DVD. Really? Why? So apparently, this was stuck on, stuck on VHS, and it was a fan of the film that uh, started an internet campaign to get the movie released to DVD. Um, it and like this goes so far beyond fan petitions; it's ridiculous. Um, like, uh, his name was Michael Alred. Um, he created a web page consolidating every bit of news relating to the film and contacted many of the film's uh, principals, including Dan O'Bannon himself. Mm. He went on to put O'Bannon in touch with MGM and worked, uh, and that's where work began on getting the movie released to DVD. Um, O'Bannon and others who worked on the film created, uh, credited Alred on his campaign for getting the movie released. Um, so his name is now in the credits for is the movie. Is it really? Yep. Damn. That now, is fucking dedication. You loved this movie so, so much. much that you did everything conceivably possible to get this put out there. And I fucking love you for it. Because this is one of the best zombie movies ever made, in my opinion. Fans are no fucking joke. Fandoms are no fucking joke. I'm a part of quite a few things that I love. I love books. I'm a Tolkien fan. Harry Potter fan. I'm a K-pop fan. And in the K-pop world, you have different bands that you like. You, have your, you, you love. You got your biases, you got your old biases. This is all a different language to you, I know. But you understand, because I tell you little bits, of how insane fans can be. Yes. How much these fans, any kind of fan, any fandom, have more voice than they think of. And this definitely proof that one fan or fans can change the course of something you love. Which is fucking dedication, man. Yeah, it really is. Uh, there are so many movies that I would fight for tooth and nail like so I definitely understand why he wanted it. like if this was his favorite movie mm. let's say like I don't know him uh, he might this might have been the best movie you'd ever seen and I would have fought for it mm. like this definitely deserves it yeah this is a great fucking zombie film oh god um just based on concept alone. Yeah. Like, the concept for this is truly horrific. And I fucking, like... It spawned a whole subgenre. Punk rock horror. Like, that's... That's awesome. I love <laughs> punk rock horror. <laughs> you might like this. Mm. Uh, the, the trash sequence. Oh, God. So, apparently, while shooting that... Uh, the gravestone dance as it's called she was originally initially completely naked showing pubic hair everything she was clean shaven 
Um, this was more norm in the 80s. Yeah. Like, that's how people didn't really shave down there. Yeah. Well. However, it was one of the producers, um, Graham Henderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he visited the set that day. And uh, according to him, uh, yeah, he says he says that he threw a fit, and he was yelling at uh, Dan O'Bannon about it. Like, you can't show pubic hair on television. So showing <laughs> the actual <laughs> pussy lips makes more sense than having a natural sensor bar. Well, because of that fit, Dan, uh, Dan sent. Linnea Quigley to get shaven <laughs> and um, yeah we almost had a slightly different sequence there <laughs> like, honestly as a woman I rather would have seen pubic hair because I'm gonna sound a little weird but clean shaven makes her look a lot younger and I question her age uh. She was I old mean, enough. With pubic hair, it would have been like, okay, like to me, she's older. But like, clean shaven is like, mm, I don't know. I, pubic hair is like a natural sensor bar. Like, oh no, there's pubic hair. Yeah, but if she spreads her. Yeah. If she goes down low enough, you can see all the goods. Like, That's at true. least with pubic hair, you've got a natural sensor bar. I don't know. I'm a little. Nudity's fine in anything. But. Full on like pussy out nudity. That was a lot. I was like, oh whoa, whoa, whoa. But the cadaver whole time strategically covering his junk. A little problem with that. Why didn't we see the cadaver's junk? But we saw all of this chick. Well, they did have to just abide by fucking MPAA regulations at that time. Yeah, but why is naked chicks okay? But oh man, can't see a penis. Well, then you couldn't. Now you can. Yeah, unless it's Game of Thrones. There's <laughs> a lot of penis in Game of Thrones, guys. Don't watch Game of Thrones unless you are prepared. How about just don't watch Game of Thrones? Hey, Game of Thrones is great until you get to, like, the fifth season. Yeah. Then stop watching. There. Yeah, go ahead. Watch Game of Thrones. You'll have a great time, and then it'll all be ruined in the end. <laughs> I was okay with Game of Thrones. But I'm still waiting for the last books. <laughs> so... Uh... Um, another person I'd really like to talk about, because we haven't really talked about him too much, is mm. Spider. Okay. Um, Miguel Nunez Jr. plays Spider in this movie. Uh, apparently at the time of shooting this, he was homeless. Or at the time of, he was cast in this, he was homeless. What? He was so, struggling so hard, this movie was the game changer for him. He, uh, <laughs> God, that phrase. He got cast in this movie. It lifted him out of poverty. He um, went on to. He's in one of the later Friday the Thirteenth as well. He plays a small part. Mm. He's still acting today. He's been in so many fucking things, and I fucking love him in everything. He's always awesome. In this movie, he's the black, the token black guy. And he, and he doesn't die. Well, well uh, okay. They all die everybody together. dies they in this all, movie. They all die together. It's fine. But he, he survives the most. Yes. He's essentially the final guy. He's like he and makes it all the way. And there's two final girls. Yeah, there are two final girls. Two in this final. Movie. I think. Uh, 
Tina may not be so much there anymore at that point. But like this kind of broke horror movie standards. It like did. oh you know, you have the dude, you have the final girl, nobody else survives. A lot of them at the end survived. Frank would have survived, technically. Technically. But he decided that he would rather bye bye, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was I was like Dude, I, every time there was a scene where he was going out to the zombies or something, I'm like, oh, he's dying here. When he made it to the end, I was like, good on you, movie. Good on. And good. he's awesome in this he's, movie. He, I feel like he was one of the main characters. Him, Tina, and Freddy. Yeah. They were the three main characters. And I like that they, they don't like portray him as like he's going to be a main character. No. He just becomes one. He does. It's really cool. It's it's the it seems like the way an apocalyptic scenario would be. You either have the people that fade in the background or step up. And he definitely was a step up. Oh, nope, yeah. I got to step up. I got to protect my friends. It was really cool. I wish he would do more. Like I wish he would do even more than he has. Like he he does a lot of small things. But maybe that's what makes him happy. You've said yeah. it. If you become a director, you don't want to do big budget stuff. You want to do smaller budget. I really do. Honestly, maybe he's happier in those smaller roles. Like, it's just enough to make him, I acted, I'm happy. Yeah. He's one of those people. (laughs) Another really hilarious thing that I can't, I can't get past this now that I know it. So, they had to, the the scene where, um... Frank and Freddy wake up from after they get initially gassed. Yeah. Uh, they go, go upstairs and Frank is like spraying the warehouse. He's trying to get rid With of the a smell. With a can of Lysol. They had to get approval from, to, Lysol, from yeah. Lysol to do that. And like Lysol gave them full blessing because they loved the idea so much that Lysol was so good that it could kill any conceivable odor. Even death. Lysol coming in clutch for all those apocalyptic plague things. <laughs> <laughs> How much Lysol did we go through last year? Oh my god. I must have gone through eight cans. And literally, we were three of us were stuck at home for two months. Like, we didn't leave for two months. No. Erica was the only one who... My roommate Erica was the only one who went to work, but... They didn't have any, but, like, people weren't going into the store that she worked at. They were closed. It was pickup only. They had a table outside that they put the stuff on to come pick up. Like, man, fucking 2020 was weird, guys. Yeah. Oh, God. I I don't think I went through too much Lysol because I never really left the house. No. I'm waiting for, and I just saw it, okay? This is going to date me into the preppy white woman I am. I just saw the first episode of And Just Like That, the Sex in the City continuation. And one of the things that was reoccurring where they kept talking about COVID. They kept talking about when we were quarantined. They kept talking about, do you remember when people had to stand six feet apart? I miss it. They kept referencing it. And it made me, I don't want to talk about the actual episode because as a fan, but it made me happy to see Hollywood and these big budget things referencing the last two years basically the last two two years of our lives I'm waiting for the COVID movies the plague movies I mean 
we just saw it with Bo Burnham's inside. The absolute creativity, but the absolute shut-in that he had to be for those months making that that special. Like, I'm liking what I'm seeing with these references. And, you know, this, all span, this is like a tangent from Lysol. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but, like, it's nice to see the references to those. So, like, Lysol being like, no, you have our blessing. That's great. Like, all right, cool. What else are we going to see in the future in the next year or so? Probably a lot more. I can't wait to see what you people come up with because nothing is as scary nothing is scarier than being stuck in your home for two months not seeing anybody but the people you live with and being stuck with your own fucking thoughts yeah to the point where social media doesn't work no amount of animal crossing works no amount of of playing mmos works no amount of news works because you don't know who to trust all right back to the movie i'm going on a weird tangent i'm sorry (laughs) Um, I'll bring us back in with, uh, this movie, obviously, in foreign markets, had different titles. <laughs> Give me them. Give me some of the titles. Are they good? I only have two. Oh. Um, so, in Germany, I'm gonna butcher how this is said, because I can't speak German. <laughs> I'm already laughing. But the film is titled, Vertiment Die Zombies Coming." Which roughly translates to, damn it, the zombies are coming. <laughs> I love that. Um, and the Danish title for this movie is Lingener Lingaland. Sorry. Uh, which roughly translates to, the dead don't care. The dead don't care. <laughs> I'm in clutch, Danish. We'll uh, we'll put the spelling of both of those at the bottom for everybody. Oh, God. Anytime we butcher a name, we're going to do that because we are both. We're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about Tar Man. Is that the gooey zombie? The barrel zombie. Tar Man. Is that his name? That is his unofficial. He is the barrel zombie, but... Maybe. Fans have co- come one? to call him Tar Brains. <laughs> like every time his eyes go wide, you're like, live brains. There are many, many things that are super memorable about this movie. Tar Man is probably the most infamous. Oh my god. He turned it into this melty, gooey thing that you just like had a hand dryer on some crayer- crayons, and then he just becomes like this. Oh god toxic avenger zombie like like it's insane there's so much i love about this character like he's the most visually interesting zombie of the whole movie he they were so like diligent about keeping him sopping wet and gooey the whole time miserable he um he actually like I love the actor's performance throughout that whole thing cause like he just the way he moves is like he like doesn't have like his bones aren't attached 
Like, the only thing holding him together is all that, like, fleshy goo. That his joints don't work properly. That his joints don't work properly. It's all movement and... Um, <laughs> and I'm actually going to look up really quick who plays him. Tarman. So, But I want to know, like, like how... What did you think of that while I'm trying to find this? Oh, I, I... So, seeing him come out was terrifying because it reminded me of... And I know he's not played by him. But he reminds me of the way Doug Jones moves sometimes. Oh, I definitely Oh, agree. my God. Like, the way that man can portray a character, like a regal character, or like a zombie or anything. And him coming out was like, oh, shit. This is like, this is patient zero. This is like the one you don't want to mess with. And watching him just like clamp the fuck down on Suicide's head and rip almost half of his head off in one bite. That zombie is the terrifying one. It feels like even if you burn him, like, stuff him in little bags, hide him in cement, that thing will come after you. No matter fucking what. He was terrifying. Hilarious when they cut his head off, though. Oh, yeah. But terrifying. So, Tarman, the barrel zombie, (laughs) is played by an actor named Alan Troutman. Troutman. Dude. Wow. Dude. Like, Alan, if you ever see this, if you're still kicking around, I don't even know. Um, you, you're incredible. I don't know how the hell you were able to do that, but I salute you. <laughs> like, there is no doubt in my mind that, like, Alan Troutman was more... Like, almost definitely an inspiration yes. to Doug Jones. Like, it takes a lot to be able he to was, work like that. He was fluid. He looked like a zombie that was ooey-gooey, that was in a barrel for, like, 14 years. That, like, he was... Oh, God. Like, yeah, no. You're gonna haunt my dreams for the next couple of days, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> You're in some chick's dream you don't even know about. Oh, man. (sighs) Do you have any other things you want to talk about for this movie? Or should we kick over to the closing questions? Let's kick it. What are your overall thoughts on the film? Not my favorite. I don't like zombies. You know that. Like, I, I will admit, this is a good movie. It's good. It, like, now talking about it with you, like, it's terrifying. This movie. I'm okay. Great. I watched it. Cool. Put it back on the shelf. I don't want to watch this one again. Like, it was weird. It just, it infuriated the logical brain in me. I was like, oh my god, use some fucking common sense! But I know going into some of these movies, I can't. And it's just like... I've seen it. Not my cup of tea. I know you wanted me to like this one, but... I thought you were gonna like this uh, one a lot more. I I didn't know what I was going into. But now that we've discussed it, this movie is terrifying. The scenario in this movie is fucking terrifying. Never want to get to this point. At least with, like, 28 Days Later zombies, eventually there's an out. With the Dawn of the Dead zombies, there's eventually a way out. There's no way out with these. None. No. Because you can't kill them. You can't. There's no way to kill these things. And even if you do, 
It'll just cycle. It's it like, cycles again. It's a nightmarish, undead cycle of life. You kill it, it'll go in the atmosphere. Hopefully, like, you're not burning it. Melting it would probably be the best thing, but then what do you do with that melted liquid? Is that melted liquid somehow going to get into the water table or get into the ground and seep and do worse things? Are you going to create a new chemical now that you've got, like, there are an unnerving amount of possibilities and I don't want to think about it at all. I'm kind of curious what the sequels explore. Yeah, I am. I'm curious, but they're going to be a one and done. Like, <laughs> I'm good. Um, I love this movie. Uh, this is a absolute zombie classic. There's nothing about it that I don't like. Um, I think everything is played perfectly for both horror and comedy. Like, it's not super slapstick in your face comedy. No. But it's everything is just dialed up to a comical level. And I think that's like absolutely perfect for what they were trying to do. Mm. This movie gives you great gore. Um, I almost awesome. threw up twice. I hope you know. <laughs> it gives you awesome performances. Uh, it's heart-wrenching at moments. It's heart-wrenching at moments. Like, the subject matter is so dark that you can't help but feel for the characters. But they're like, that's comedy! Like, underlying, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It play. It definitely is trying to say something. This is a movie that's trying to make a statement. It spoke loud and clear, but unless you're like thinking mentally, that's what you're going into. Wouldn't have thought it until we talked about it. Now this movie's saying a fucking a shit ton. Yeah. A shit ton. Uh, I. I really enjoy this movie every time I watch it. It's it's a lot of fun. It created a whole genre, a subgenre. It's not just a zombie movie. It created punk horror. Like, I've said it three times now, but that's a huge deal. And I have no idea what punk horror is. You just watched this it. This is the only thing I think I've ever watched. There's a lot of there's other ones. Are they? Is it a smaller? Subgenre? It's smaller, yeah. But there's like there's even some newer ones. Like people are still doing it because it's a good blend. Mm. Like blending punk rock and uh and horror is like a really cool combination. It's because punk rock is very like yeah anarchy against the man. We're not gonna listen to you, and horror is definitely like not a typical kind of genre like you have people that absolutely love it or absolutely hate it there's i've not i don't know a lot of people that are like yeah horror's okay you gotta really like horror to get into some of this shit i mean really i mean my brother not a horror fan does not watch horror movies at all me love horror i'll watch it all my other sisters they love horror they'll watch it there's an example right there one out of four people don't like horror it happens. It, yeah, which is fine, but... <laughs> and like, not everybody's going to like it as much as I do. Uh, <laughs> people might hate it like I do. I don't hate it. I just think that watch the classics once and then put them on the shelf. They look really nice up there. <laughs> Bye-bye. We'll find ones that you actually like. I've got horror that I like. <laughs> I like 13 Ghosts. Oh. I like Ghost Ship. 
Gothic is okay. Anything from Dark House, Dark House. I like those, but I was obsessed with that when I was a teenager, so, yeah. I love Resident Evil. All of them. Everyone. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I hope so. <laughs> um, moving on to favorites. My favorite line. You think this is a costume? This is a way of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, suicide. Oh, that did it. That did it. I think my favorite scene is probably <clears throat> when... Tina is holding Frank and being like, what's happening? What's going on? And she's coming to the realization with him that he's not getting out of this. You mean Freddy? Freddy. I'm sorry, Freddy. Yeah. yeah. He's not getting out of this. He's dead. Like it's done. And Tina's like, I'm not leaving your side. I'm not doing it. I, though that was that in the, in the morgue. That was my yeah. favorite scene where they're like, you know, we have to, and then they bring her to the chapel. Like, you know, we have to lock you in. And she's like, do it. I'm not leaving his side. Like, that's pretty heavy. Even though it's still underlying as a comedy, it's really heavy. And it's kind of my favorite scene. Like, the dedication between these two characters. Like, even afterwards, like, something about her is like, it's Fred, but it's Freddy, though. But he's still right there. But he wants to kill me, but it's still him. It's like, oh, God, my heart. It's terrifying. What about you? Um, so, uh, I've got a few favorite lines. Um, two of them are basically the same. They're just done at different parts, which mm. is uh, come in dispatch, send more paramedics, <laughs> <laughs> and then later on you get another one that says send more cops. Did you see that guy was wearing a Civil War uniform? Yeah. I was like, damn. Um, my absolute favorite line of the whole thing is um. Well, it's it's kind of a conversation, but it's it worked in the movie. You mean the movie lied? <laughs> I love that. Oh my god. Of uh, favorite moments, uh, I at the fucking tar man. Every time he's on screen is mm. awesome. Uh, I just love seeing him. He's a great character, and. I really love the moment when it's right as the, all the corpses are coming out of the ground and it kicks into, it's party time! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, that's so cool. <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> Does it work? Uh, then? Does it work then? Now? What's the question? Hang on. Both. Both. I, I think it could, but I also think that doing it now wouldn't be the same. Somebody would try to make it more serious or more comical. Somebody would take it too far. Like, they'd put, they'd put filler in too much stuff. Like, I don't want more character development. I don't want more story. I don't want more information. This is the first time where, oh, we've got chemical that's built on cadavers we got bumble and zombies i'm fine with not knowing exactly what happened and like how it ends like i think it works then don't remake this don't do it don't touch this one leave it where it is there's a reason why that dude fought so hard to get this released on dvd because it's perfect the way it is even if i'm not a huge fan of it 
I can see the reason why fans are so dedicated to this film. I personally agree with basically that whole thing. Um, does it? Did it work then? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. It was a huge... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a huge success. We actually did not talk about that, which we usually do. No, um, we didn't. So this movie was made on a $4 million budget. Jesus. And this was a absolute success, bringing in a box office of $14.2 million. Um, so, that yeah, this, this movie, I think it absolutely worked then, and I still think it works now. Mm. Um, watching this movie now, I still get the exact same feelings I did when I first saw it back then. Mm. I mean, obviously, I didn't see it when it came out. I wasn't alive. But yeah. um, when I first saw it as a kid, like I really think this movie nails its special effects, its acting, its uh, subject, matter. subject matter. I honestly love it more now. Like, I think it hits so much harder, like, actually having been through a pandemic myself. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... Uh, it kicks ass. Like, I I love it. <laughs> I love everything about it. Um, and I'm not saying that just because Linnea Quigley dances naked in a cemetery for a solid ten minutes. Because for you, that doesn't matter. <laughs> no. For me, I was like, oh, hey. Not to mention. We have a weird dynamic. We really do. <laughs> I'm that one that goes, hey, there's a naked lady. And you're like. Will you watch the movie for what it is? No, there's a naked lady. Hello, naked lady. <laughs> but, like, even that, like, it, it it was necessary. It added to the story because she was like, no, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to party. I'm going to ha- let loose. It wasn't like, oh, look, we're throwing a ha- oh, fully naked lady, pussy out, just dancing on. No, it made sense. But then you know, like, she she's all about rebelling and doing whatever she wants and then as soon as the corpses rise she fucking breaks she does and she can't even run screaming she's nope. just broken she's terrified that's awesome it is that's so cool sorry but it is pretty cool <laughs> would you recommend it yes i would i would recommend this to my fa- my my friends horror fans um it's not my cup of tea there were scenes where I was like, oh, this is disgusting. Or, oh, God. Like, it was hard to get through. But at the same time, it is a classic. It is pretty awesome. And sometimes watching the classics, you gotta. You just have to watch them once. If you're squeamish and you really aren't into nudity in films and you like movies with like more character development or more plot development, this one might be harder to swallow. But definitely, horror fan, if you haven't watched this, watch this one. This is a fun time. And you don't need drugs or alcohol with this one. It's just a, They'll, it's they'll a just time. enhance it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, maybe being high might actually be like, man, the tar zombie's coming out of my bathroom. You know? <laughs> uh, it goes without saying, I absolutely recommend this movie. Um, if you've never seen it, please, God, watch it at least once. Mm-hmm. Um it's so much fun it's so ridiculous like it's gonna give you everything you want as a horror fan and even if you're not a huge fan of horror you might get some laughs out of it 
I recommend this for people who aren't that big in horror. No. It's kind of a nice introduction film. Like, it could be. Like, honestly, my top ones, if you're not huge into horror, to, like, get into it, I would put this in the top five. Like, yeah, it's not too, it's gory, but it's not, like, jump scary. It's not terrifying. The subject matter can get deep if you really watch it and look into it. But it's just a nice little horror romp, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, definitely check it out yeah. if you haven't. Uh, we watched it. Uh, we have the Blu-ray, but we uh, we watched it on HBO Max. Yeah. So uh, it's available. Of all the streaming services we own, HBO Max has definitely come in clutch. Oh, yeah. The most for for us. I mean, I still kind of have Paramount Plus. I might fully cancel that one for a little bit. Um, Only you really wanted to see the Halo series coming out. Yeah. I was literally watching it for Are You Afraid of the Dark? The original (laughs) from Nickelodeon. That's what I was using it for. But, yeah. HBO, it's a recommended one. You, uh, you've kind of already answered this, but how would you make this today? I wouldn't. Don't touch this. You thinking about remaking this one? Add on to the lore. Come up with new ways to fuck with people, but don't remake this one. Leave this one where it is in the 80s. I definitely agree. Uh, I would never try to remake this film, and I would recommend that if someone wants to... Don't remake it, reimagine it. Yes. I would say take this movie as your jumping off point and I would probably lean towards make a f- sequel. Like kind of give it the Halloween 2018 treatment. Kind Ooh, of yeah. Say, "Oh, Night- Return of the Living Dead happened and this is a direct sequel to that." Yeah. If you want to like reignite 36 years later. That would be really cool. Yeah. Like, try to follow up and see, like, say, uh, uh, so we talked about, we spoiled the shit out of this. So, like, take the moment that they nuke the, the little area, the city, and pick up the next day and see what happens, or even right after it happens. Like, pick up right at the end of this one and. I want to see what happens next. Frank's wife. Find out what happens to Yeah, her. I want to know more Find about Frank's wife. Find out what happens wife. to Bert's wife. Find out what happens to the families of all these kids. Like That would be cool. I'd really like to see that story. We'd like some credit if you make these. Yeah, just throw us in the credits. You don't have to give us money. Yeah, we don't want money. Just be I like, mean, we won't say hey. no to money. But <laughs> yeah, no, we won't. <laughs> Is this exploitation or other? Yes. You have answered this several times. Punk rock horror. It is. This is exploitation. It is a little subgenre. At the time, I don't think it was for everybody. But now, cult classic, everybody should give this a try. And? And what? I'm asking you. What do you think? And? I... You say no, I swear to God. I think at the time... You couldn't call this exploitation. Hmm. I think if I personally would analyze it, I don't think a lot of people would call this exploitation, honestly. But I think if I personally would 
analyze this, I would call it exploitation. It checks a lot of the boxes, like it mashes together punk rock and horror. It it's a zombie film. It has gratuitous gore, gratuitous nudity. Gratuitous. Um, it's it definitely milks th- this concept for basically everything it possibly could. So I I would call this exploitation. Yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about it? What was up with the credits? Why did they recap the whole, almost all of the movie and then just repeat one line that Frank said at the end? I think just to drive the point home. I think just to have fun. I, I think it was just a. I was like, did we just choice. watch this movie? What are we doing? That's the only thing that I'm like. All right, this is a choice. Yeah, I think it was just a creative choice. All right. But that's it for me. Um. What about you? Any final thoughts? Watch it. Watch, watch it. this movie. It's so good. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Mm. But I think that pretty much brings our discussion of Return of the Living Dead to an end. I'm sure it'll return. (laughs) But don't go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned for the coming attractions. story of the most popular young beauty of the early 1900s, of her crush on the boy next door, of her lovable, yet at times humorous family, musical pain your way? I am not looking forward to this. Clang, clang, clang goes the trolley there, babe. It's gonna run your ass right over with its musical happiness. Look, alright, I'm not, I'm, I like musicals. I'm, I, I like them. I don't know how much I'm gonna enjoy a older musical. I haven't seen a lot of the older ones. Mm. I like some of the newer ones. But 
I'm I'm not really super amped on this one. I have never seen this one fully. Obviously, when you hear Meet Me in St. Louis with older the older movie, you think of Julie Garland, you think of Clang 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 went the trolley, you think of her her hair, the outfits. It's definitely gonna be a ride. It's older. It's you're gonna hate this. I know you're gonna hate this. It's possibly. But we are covering all sorts of shit. Yes. In this podcast from the 1920s to 1999. And this is dead fucking smack center in that. Agreed. I'm gonna be bringing in the next, like, because we, 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 we trade off on the movies. I'm going to be bringing some different ones. And this is definitely me going, let's go this way. <laughs> On a trolley to St. Louis. Ooh. Oh, God. Don't unsubscribe. Don't unfollow us. It's rude. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get a whole different audience with this. <laughs> and then we'll do some crazy-ass horror movie next. And they unsubscribe. And lose them all again. <laughs> 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 Um, that's gonna wrap us up if you want uh, movie recommendations coffee recommendations or you want to check out our film collection see some behind the scenes chat with us find us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast uh, we're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast come chat with Leah on our Discord at Grindhouse Podcast Listen to us and give us five stars on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. New episodes are going to be coming out every Monday morning, bright and early at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Obviously, you don't have to listen to us that early, but for all you early birds, you'll be able to catch us. If you're listening to the podcast and you want a more visual experience, subscribe to us on YouTube where you can get every single episode in its entirety with video. If you like what we're doing and you want to show us some support, then you can find all that information down in the show notes. Um, Until next week, I'm Sean. And I'm Leah. Thank you for listening and keep watching. I'm not going to do it this week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 